Hello and welcome to Ascending Olympus, the Inner Sanctums Olympics podcast. I'm your host, Alex Catalano, taking off the driver's seat today. It's a bit of an unfamiliar voice for long-time listeners. But joining me today is Sarah Wildy. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. How was your day of the Olympics? What did you watch? What were you most excited to see? Oh, it was a great day at the Olympics, Alex. Uh, incredible performances by Australia today. So I was definitely glued to the TV today watching it all. Uh, I think the swimming had to be my favourite today. The two medals in the pool um, to cap off an incredible performance across the week. That was my favourite. Uh, I also checked out all the other gold medals as well. We had four. So um, I also watched the BMX and um, the sailing. And then I've been watching a lot of athletics tonight. So, yeah, it's been a good day for Australia, that's for sure. Absolutely. It's been a good day. It has been obviously one of our most successful days at the Olympics ever, as you mentioned, four gold medals. Uh, And it was all started off in the morning with Emma McKean and the 50 metre freestyle. Uh, I think watching a lot of the short swimming, like the the really sprinting races after seeing so many of the the medleys and the 800 metres and the things like that, it's over so quickly, but it's almost like I guess it's almost a bit more exciting with that rush when she's right in the pool and she's basically halfway there already before you can even look. So it was really, really entertaining to watch. And I was so excited for her. She's one of our best athletes of all time now. She is. I mean, seven medals at this Olympics, I think, four gold and three bronze. So that's an incredible performance in a week of racing. Uh, And, yeah, blink and you'll miss it. (laughs) 24 (laughs) seconds for a 50-metre freestyle. Yeah, it's incredible to finish on that note as well for her. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, she's won, I think it's 11 Olympic medals total now, um, which is the, yeah, Australia's greatest Olympic swimmer. And I think it's our greatest of any athletes attended the Olympics the most medals, which is absolutely insane. Like, I didn't think coming into this Olympics, we'd see a record like that be smashed. Uh, It's just been such great success. And it's a great Olympics to be in Aussie at. Absolutely it is, yeah. Um, She's been absolutely incredible to watch and I think she's really led that team really well. It's been a successful week for all of the Australians, but she's really led the way in terms of pushing on for to meddling all all of her races um, the way she has. She's an incredible leader as well, lovely person, um, and does some great interviews after the uh, races as well. So that's awesome to see. Yeah, every single one of our Aussies has given a good post, uh, <laughs> post event interview, I think. <laughs> but with McKean's result and with the rest of the results of the day as well, with the 4 by 100 women's medley relay uh, also earning gold, we ended up tying with America in the pool. So we were equal first overall, uh, which I would have liked for us to just get that one more to, to overall win the pool medals. But tying it with America is an absolutely outstanding effort regardless. It absolutely is. When you consider they've got Katie Ledecky, Caleb Dressel, I mean, it's just an incredible team that America brought over as well. So to tie with them, a wonderful, wonderful week for Australia. Um, And, yeah, unfortunately, the 4x100 men's medley relay couldn't quite get it done for us, but that's okay. Still a successful week either way. Um, And, yeah, to tie with America, incredible. Yeah, as much as Kyle Chalmers would have hoped to bring us home, like he very nearly has every single uh, relay he's been involved in so far. Uh, It's been a a bit of a story of an almost Olympics for Chalmers, unfortunately, but he's been very, very solid, I think, all around as well. Um, But one that I almost didn't see coming, and I don't know if many people did see coming, first time at the Olympics in the BMX freestyle, Logan and Martin brought home gold almost out of nowhere. 
He did. I mean, not too unsurprising in a way. He is an incredible BMX freestyler um, and would have gone into the games thinking that gold was a chance for him, I think. He's a confident individual. So, uh, But his performance today was incredible to watch. The way he does his tricks, it looks effortless. Um, I certainly couldn't do that on a bike. <laughs> um, so, yeah, incredible. And to get the first uh, gold medal in that event at the Olympics, great performance. Yeah, if you could do that on a bike, I would be asking why you were in Tokyo <laughs> right now as well. So I'm glad True. to hear that. Um, but it was great for him that after his his first run was so successful and he, no one else could catch it, that he got to basically just do a little victory run at the end as well and just sort of strutty stuff. I think he ended up doing like one last trick and then just sort of stopped in the middle of the course, which was a great little display of personality, I think, for him. It was fantastic to see. It was, yeah. He stopped on top of that uh, platform and just sort of gave a little clap to himself and a wave to the crowd. All of his um, fellow teammates were there watching and cheering him on, so that was great to see. Yeah, and then we got as well, it just didn't stop coming, as we said, four gold medals over in the laser sailing as well, Sarah. We managed to claim our other gold for the day. We did. Matt Wern in the laser class. I mean, really all he had to do today was rock up. Uh, he had the gold medal tied up before the race even started. Um, but even in the medal race today, he managed to take away second. He was not going into it thinking, oh, I'll just go easy here. He was still pushing to get the highest he possibly could in today's race, um, which was great to see. Yeah, it was. I think um, it's sort of been one of the qualities of our Olympians that they've shown from start to finish, I think, is that none of them do give up and none of them stop. I think of the last night in the uh, 10,000 metre run as well, where, you know, it was, it looked like it was all over, but the, our Aussies are still pushing through and in all the long distance events as well, I think, um, even when they've been coming in last, even in the pool and things like that, they still go all the way. And I can't wait to see how some of these uh, Olympians do in the next couple of Olympics as well, because I can only see it going up from here. And we had some such young uh athletes in the pool as well I think of the likes of Meg Harris who was in that relay team who's only 17 it's hard to believe we could see her at another three or four Olympics in the future I mean Kayleigh McEwen the gold medalist in the 100 meter and 200 meter backstroke she's young as well so um, definitely lots of positive signs for our athletes in the future at uh, the next couple of games yeah, I know. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. We're still not even halfway. <laughs> we're, we're about halfway done in the Olympics now. So let's sort of focus yeah. on the things that we can <laughs> still do. Uh, one of the teams, one of our teams that is still going for a medal is the Kookaburras, who today managed to get that win um, and over the Netherlands. And now they're guaranteed a chance at playing off for a medal. Obviously not guaranteed a medal yet, but being into the quarterfinals, they do have a shot at the very least of going for bronze. I would like to think when they play Germany on Tuesday, being the number one ranked team in the world, uh, the Kookaburras could get over them. Um, but it was fantastic performance by them today, uh, going to the penalty shootout too. It was so exciting to watch. It was so exciting to watch. Uh, I was glued to the TV screen watching that one. My sister plays hockey, so she was sitting there with me on the edge of our seats <laughs> just trying to get those goals in for Australia. Um, Andrew Charter in goal as the goalkeeper, incredible to save three penalty shots from uh, the Netherlands. Absolutely awesome. But then for Blake Govers, Flynn Ogilvie and Tim Brand to all get their scores um, to take the 3-0 lead and obviously close out the match. Uh, yeah, just incredible performance by them in the penalties. Yeah, it was awesome. The scoring, it was obviously a very hard game to score and it only ended up 2 all. 
uh, at the end of the final quarter. But yeah, uh, Tom Wickham as well. We can't go without mentioning he also scored the two goals throughout the game. Uh, but yeah, Charter for me was the absolute hero of that. I think his, his saves in particular were all... I guess different. Like uh, he had those ones where he was coming up out of the goals and sort of it was one where he got a little bit aggressive um, with the with the Dutch shooter as well. But thankfully, no penalty ended up happening there. But yeah, to go three zero in the penalty shootout as well, I thought was an absolutely outstanding effort, both from uh, yeah the the guys who are actually shooting for goal and from Charter himself. So can't wait to see what they do against Germany coming up in this couple of days. And yeah, as I said already a chance to be going for a medal. So fingers crossed that they can get there. I think they should be able to. Um, but the other thing you were watching as well today, Sarah, was a bit of golf and there are a few Aussies who were going around. One who did, I think, a bit better than he had been expecting beforehand. Yes, that's for sure. I was also following along with the golf today. Uh, so we had two Aussies in the lineup. Cam Smith definitely finished the better of the two. He was equal 10th at 14 under for the, de- for the uh, tournament. So that was a strong finish. He started off quite poorly on day one. So it was a really strong finish from him. Uh, but unfortunately, out of medal contention. The other one, Mark Leishman, he didn't have the greatest four days on the course at to- in Tokyo. He unfortunately finished at the very back of the pack, that's for sure. Uh, in their medals, though, uh, four under for the day was Xander Shofeli. So he took gold for America. Uh, and then in silver, Rory Sabatini of Slovenia shot a 10 under round today <laughs> to push into the medals, which is just incredible over 18 holes. So he took silver. Um, and then seven competitors played off for bronze. Seven That's competitors. <laughs> it is, yes. Host nations uh, Hideki Matsuyama and Irishman Rory McIlroy were among those seven. Uh, the group then narrowed to five. Um, and then to four again on the third hole. And then two more played, the final two played off uh, on the fourth playoff hole. And it was CT Pan who won um, over Colin Morikawa. So that is a bronze medal for Chinese Taipei. Um, and yeah, an incredible day on the golf course, a very long day on the golf course. But yeah, great to see uh, Xander Shofeli take gold. Yeah, I can't imagine. There were so many of these kind of games that did end up going into, I guess, extra periods or extra holes or extra, well, we'll see a bit later, extra jumps as well and things like that. Um, It was a long day for the athletes, but I think they'll be happy with ending up getting the medal. Were there any uh, rain or weather disruptions? Because I know the past couple of days they had a few issues with lightning and storms and things like that around the course. Did they manage to get off without a hitch today? They did manage to get off without a hitch today. So, yeah, day one and day two saw uh, delays for a risk of lightning and some bad weather. Uh, day three started out with the end of day two finishing uh, and then they hit off for day three around 10 a.m., whereas they normally start around 8 a.m. Uh, and But today went off without a hitch, beautiful sunny skies, um, fairly warm down the course. But, yeah, without a hitch. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, I think they'd all be very happy with uh, with managing to get through that for a change. Uh, the other, I guess, another one of our teams that has made it through to the next round, the Boomers uh, in the men's basketball. Uh, as we know, it was sort of, it got off to a little bit of a rocky start in their very first game against Nigeria, managed to pull that one back. But wins against Italy and Germany ended up seeing them qualify at the top of their group. We were still waiting across the course of the day to find out who they were going to be playing. There was, it was going back and forth. We thought we might have been up against America at one point, 
but it's going to be Argentina who we come up against in the quarterfinals round. Um, I, I don't know if they're a, an easy beat opponent. They did finish third in their group. Uh, obviously, the Boomers getting to play them as the top ranked from their group, but they pushed Japan. They beat them pretty convincingly. I don't think they were ever out of it in particular against Slovenia or Spain. Um, and, you know, if Luka Doncic wasn't there when they played Slovenia, Argentina might have been a bit more of a chance. So I don't think we're going to be taking them too lightly. Yeah, no, I don't think you can take any team too lightly, particularly when you get out, get to these knockout stages. I'm not too sure what to expect from Argentina, but I really do think that the Boomers playing at their best can match it with anyone. So I'm excited to check that one out. I think it's Tuesday, is it? Uh, yes, I believe so. So we're very keen. Uh, everything, it does suck that we have to wait for all these things. Now. I know. <laughs> Every, all the action seems to be happening on Tuesday or Wednesday or things like that. Uh, the Opals are on tomorrow, though, so that'll yes, be true. hopefully they're also a bit of a nervous wait to get into past the group stages because they unfortunately lost their first two games. So it's basically beat Puerto Rico or that's it for them. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for them. Hopefully they can find a way to win tomorrow night and win convincingly so that they get a bit of confidence as well. Not the start to their campaign that they would have been after. So, yeah, hopefully they can get it done tomorrow. Yeah. Over in the athletics, though, it was a, a mixed night, I think, for the Aussies. Uh, it started out with Rowan Browning, who, after running his incredible 10.01 in the heats yesterday, unfortunately dropped a little bit on his time and managed to miss out on the final. But it was a fantastic effort by him. It was no doubt. Last night's run was incredible, an unbelievable performance by an Australian to win a heat at the Olympics. His 10.09 tonight, I think he seemed a, a little disappointed, but also quite proud of himself uh, post-race. Uh, it's an incredible effort by an Australian to reach the semifinals, and I guess he would have loved to compete in that final tonight, but... He uh, unfortunately came fifth in his very tight heat and it ended up being a slower heat compared to the others, so semi-final, I should say. So, yeah, he did miss out, but a great, great uh, Olympics from him. Yeah. Oh, I mean, look, who wouldn't uh, who wouldn't <laughs> want to be competing in the 100-metre final? It's probably the most prestigious event at the Olympics all around. But I think to have an Australian come that close in the first place uh, is something that we'll look on proudly we haven't been in that position in a very very long time um, and you know most of those guys that made it through were running sub 10 times so it was going to have to be him very nearly reaching his personal best to even get there yeah, um, but exactly. yeah well done by him all around Liz Clay another athlete that we had competing who she did manage to put up her personal best in the semi-final of 1207 and missed the final by just 0.04 of a second that it stings I know it stings and it, you could see it in her face but like we said, with so many of our other Aussies, she was so um, just, I guess, modest and humble in the post-match interview, and you can tell it hasn't deterred her one bit. Oh, she was, you could tell she was gutted, and no doubt uh, she thought that she could qualify for that final. So she was disappointed, but she was also proud of herself. She's overcome so many injuries over the past seven years, uh, some pretty major injuries as well. And then COVID affected year last year. She was to, to run a PB in a semifinal was a brilliant effort after the, there was three false starts for that race as well, which to compose yourself. Yeah. To compose yourself in that moment. Yeah. It's really impressive from her. And then to run a PB, um, unfortunately misses out by the slimmest of margins, but yeah, a great, 
Olympics from her as well. And she should go home very proud of herself. Oh, no doubt. No. How many times do you see people running their personal best in an Olympic semi-final? Like we've seen a few people set them here and there, but you, you have to know that you're running at your best if that's what you're doing, like 100%. Um, we did have one Aussie make it through to a final. Peter Boll in the 800-metre final, uh, which is coming up on Wednesday night. Um, there were some dramatics in the third semi as well. A couple of our other Aussies were competing in that. Um, there was a bit of a pile-up, a few races falling over, which was unfortunate for them. A few guys, unfortunately, getting set back a little bit and having to not finish the race. But Bowles was absolutely fantastic and managed to cross the line first in that too. He did. He went out hard with the, the other racer there and he held that pace for the entire thing. It was incredible to watch. Uh, so fast around the track uh, both for both laps and to just get in front of his opponent there to take the win was yeah a great performance by him and he'll be uh, yeah in good contention on Wednesday night I'd say. Yeah, I, it is weird. I'm almost not used to us doing this well on the track. Like it's uh, it's a very different experience to be uh, in this Olympics doing. Yeah, like I think back to Rio and obviously uh, we had the modern pentathlon with Chloe Esposito taking gold in that. But it seems like it's been a very long time since we've won a whole heap of gold or at least even gotten this close to it on the track. Definitely, yeah. We're definitely water athletes, that's for sure, <laughs> as we've proven over the past week. But uh, we got our first Tri-Land gold medal today so with Logan Martin, so hopefully it doesn't stop there um, and we can get a couple of uh, medals at least in the athletics and if we can take a gold, that would be awesome. But it's great to see so many of our athletes qualifying for those semifinals, even if they are just getting picked before the uh, final. But to see Peter Boll qualify, I'm excited to watch that one on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, and the thing that we were waiting for all night long, and it went all night long, it felt like uh, our man yeah. Brandon Stark was in, of course, the high jump final. He had an awesome qualifier. Uh, he had the whole nation on his back, I think, watching him. And there would have been a few people getting the coffees out as it went on who need to be getting up for work on a Monday morning. But he had a fantastic effort, ended up finishing fifth, clearing the 235 meter bar he did pass to try and get over the 2.37 to then get that 2.39 which the last few were um were competing in but unfortunately couldn't get there in the end with just the two attempts but luckily for him it was the highest jump by an australian at the olympics uh and he was like i said very very close to getting that olympic record as well it was just a fantastic effort all around and i think uh, I, I gained a new appreciation for the high jump, I think, watching that. I didn't know it went on for so long, but <laughs> watching them do it was just cool, I think. Yeah, interrupted by all the other races going around the track. <laughs> um, their composure to then do their own jumps is just incredible. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched a lot of high jump, so... Yeah, it had me interested um, and I was trying to wait for when Channel 7 would flick back to the uh, jumpers. But, yeah, yeah, unfortunately he couldn't quite clear that last one. None of the uh, athletes could, unfortunately. 2.39 proved to be too difficult for them. But, yeah, it was a great, great watch. Yeah, I will say uh, Wu from South Korea definitely gained a fan in me. <laughs> he was uh, the whole, basically the whole event. He had a great big grin on his face. He was getting the crowd on his side. I definitely even saw the Australian team that were there watching were clapping along with him as well. So he definitely earned a few fans here too. 
I think so. A couple of them did try the old clap above their head to try and get the crowd behind <laughs> them, and but Woos was by, by far the best. Um, but, yeah, it's great to see so many athletes in the crowd there, obviously, without uh, spectators. To see so many of them, whether they're finished or whether they're still competing, coming out to watch uh, our athletes and get behind them, try and get them into medal contention, yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, it's almost one of the unique things about these Olympics because there haven't been able to really be crowds. The, the athletes of the teams have had to be the crowds and be the energy um, for for their teammates. And I want to say it is one of the positives from having to obviously do it in COVID-affected times. I don't know what you think, but just seeing that camaraderie between the teams as a whole, I think they'd probably reflect back on that afterwards and see it as something really special and really different to any other Olympics. Yeah, I have to agree. I think the way you see even the countries sitting alongside each other at these uh, events, clapping each other on and cheering for each other, it's great to see. I think the swimming was one of the best opportunities to see that there were so many athletes that I mean I saw Matt Corton there three days after he'd finished his one event for the uh campaign and he he was in the crowd up on his feet clapping them all over the uh to the wall it was yeah it's great to see that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. um yeah it's it is a, one of the special uh parts to this COVID affected games is that that is their only crowd uh, this at the sailing today the um other sailors were there to watch Matt Wern uh, come across the line and then carried his boat off the shore, um, him standing on top of it. So that was really special to see. And you wonder if there was a crowd, if there was his family and other people there, like whether you would get those special moments between the athletes. So, yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, and we saw uh, Denny as well, who was our discus thrower, proudly sporting the uh, the Brandon Starks roommate <laughs> name tag on his on his shirt as well, which was a, a great moment that's definitely going to live on forever. Um, but yeah. with that as well in the high jump, there was a tie for gold ultimately in the end, which I'm just having a look through here. It's the first tie for a gold at Tokyo. Uh, I didn't realise it was as common as it is. There were two ties, oh, sorry, four ties for gold in Rio uh four ties for gold in London, three in Beijing, one in Athens. Like it's obviously something that doesn't happen very often in the Olympics, but one of those things that you're sort of like, wow, I got to actually witness a tie for gold. Yeah. I, I mean, you're saying that there was four at Rio. I don't remember four at Rio. So. No, I don't remember any at Rio. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do wonder what events they're in because I'm not sure how many you can tie in, but yeah, it, I mean, it was odd to see tonight, but I'm glad the competitors agreed that they'd both take gold and, um, yeah, didn't try and have a jump off or anything. <laughs> I think it would have been fun to watch a jump off. True. But, um, yeah, at Rio, I, like I said, I didn't notice either, but, yeah, there were a few ties in the swimming. I think these mm-hmm. might have been separated by tiebreakers um, and a medal was awarded to the actual winner. But, yeah, and the men's 100 butterfly, the women's 100 uh, freestyle, the women's 100 backstroke, and as well in the men's uh, canoeing, the K1, there were all ties. Um, and I wow. think, yes, yeah, some of those had, uh, or they would have been ties, but not necessarily for, for gold, but um, for the medals in there. Yeah, the 100 meter freestyle had a tie for gold. Um, so wow. I think that went to a swim off, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I honestly didn't remember. Um, I guess I wonder if in the canoe slalom was it that yeah. whether they would have um had a paddle off, um, or whether they would have just accepted that the two times were equal and therefore they both should be given medals. I, I do wonder, but 
yeah, a very interesting night, that's for sure, uh, the track and field. Yeah, I do like that they get to choose whether they want to go for it or just share the medals. Well, I think that really adds a bit to the Olympic spirit, yeah. as people would say. Um, one pair of people that we do want to see sharing a medal, though, our, our beach volleyballers yes. uh, had another great night tonight. Still waiting on an opponent, but another good win for them. Yeah, Maria Fay, Atacha de Sola and Telly Quiclancy, they defeated a Chinese pair to progress through to the quarterfinals on Tuesday. So, yeah, as you said, their opponent is to be decided tomorrow morning. I think their match is about 11 a.m. Uh, Australian time. Uh, so we'll wait to see who they play. However, yeah, it was a really strong performance by uh, Atacha de Sola and Clancy. They started off a bit even in the first set. Uh, I think it was taken 22-20. Uh, and then they really took hold of their second set, uh, really showed the Chinese pair what they're capable of and progressed through quite nicely through to the quarterfinals. So they'll be looking to go one further, obviously, and make the semifinals so they have a chance to go for a medal uh, come the end of the week but yeah obviously first chase from the quarterfinal on Tuesday and who their opponent will be I think it is uh Parvan and Melissa from Canada and Lalana and Elsa from Spain that they'll uh play one of those two pairs uh, I think if I was the Australians I'd be hoping that the Spanish pair get over the top of the Canadians because the Canadians are the number one ranked team coming into the event so we want to pick up yeah, yeah, we won an upset, so it might be slightly easy for that, easier for us, but uh, I think we can beat either pair. When we're playing well, uh, when Taliqua and Maria Fay are playing well, they are a fourth to be reckoned with on the uh, volleyball court. So, yes, excited to see how they go on Tuesday, that's for sure. Yeah, I know you are quite around your volleyball. Were they sort of expected to make it this far? Is this further than they were thinking or...? No, this is about on par with where they were thinking. They definitely had the round of 16. Uh, that was their initial goal. Um, they would also say that medals are not out of the question. They've had a, a fairly good year. I mean, obviously, we're still COVID affected. So the volleyball, they have been into hubs in different parts of the world and the Australians did choose to miss a couple of the hubs just because they needed some time back in Australia training with their coaches and at home. Um, but otherwise, they've had a fairly strong year. So I, I do think quarterfinals would have been a benchmark for them. So they're through to that. It's just whether they can go one further. Yeah, well, we hope they do manage to go one further, two further, all the way, whatever they can do. All the do. way, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that would be a positive. Um, it would be. <laughs> looking forward now, obviously, tomorrow there's still heaps on um, and we're always excited to see what's going to be next up for our Aussies from day to day. Um, so mm -hmm. coming up next, what are you looking forward to? I'm first of all looking forward to the Hockey Roots tomorrow. They play India. 1pm Australian time, uh, Australian Eastern time, that is. Uh, they're undefeated through the group stage. The Kookaburra's got through today. I have a good feeling about this. Um, we will know their semi semi potential semi-final opponent before they play, um, but they face India. So India, traditionally quite strong at hockey, but I do think our hockey brews can have an edge over them. They are undefeated, as I said, through the group stage. They're feeling confident. They've scored quite a few goals. Penalty corners, still an area for them to work on. Mm. But I'm confident about them going against India tomorrow for a spot in the semi-final. Oh, well, here's hoping. I know before the Olympics started, 
Uh, one of the predictions Dan and Jackie made on here was regarding the basketball and saying one of the teams is going to medal and one of the other ones isn't. I hope that doesn't apply to the hockey teams because it seems yes. like both the hockey roots and the kookaburras are both a genuine chance of reaching the podium. So we will be cheering them on hard and hopefully they can get... Honestly, uh, getting past India, it doesn't really seem like either of those two opponents are going to be particularly favourable. I think it's going to be a tough challenge no matter what, but they absolutely look up to it the way they've been <laughs> playing so far. Um, another team I'm looking forward to watching, the Matildas, of course. They're on of tomorrow course. night. They've got Sweden. It's a rematch from the group stage. We know that game didn't quite go to plan last time. Um, it was probably close to one of the one of the worst games for the Matildas, if not the worst game that except maybe some of the uh, the lead up games. We can forget about those ones too though. <laughs> but uh, I'm very, very keen to see how they go. And it's well they're in the they're in the round of eight now. So this is the quarterfinals they're into. It's getting getting hot up in the football now. It is, yeah. Uh, after the hockey roos during the day, I'm going to be sitting down to watch the Matildas at night for sure. Um, Sam Kerr is in a little bit of doubt to start, I believe. She's mm. got to pass a fitness test tomorrow. Cited a bit of soreness. So hopefully she's all good to go. Um, definitely want her out there against Sweden, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, a 4-2 loss last time. So definitely want to improve that this time to get through. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. You know, we've been giving a lot of love to the to the goalkeepers with the Kookaburras as well. And Tegan Micah would probably be the one that I'd be more worried about missing at this point. Obviously, Absolutely. Kerr, Kerr got those two goals in, but Micah had a fantastic, fantastic game as well. So fingers crossed that Kerr comes back in. Um, obviously, we're always mm-hmm. going to look better up in the attacking end with Kerr in there. Um, but yeah, it's it's just. It's just sitting back and dreaming now with the Matildas. How far can they go? We hope all the way, but yeah, fingers across like with, all, so. <laughs> like with all our other teams. Um, and I know there's one more event on the track as well that you're looking forward to. Yeah, so Genevieve Gregson, she managed to qualify for the 3,000-metre steeplechase. So that was today in the hottest part of the day in Tokyo. Oh, uh, yeah. So she qualified, yeah, very warm, but luckily <laughs> you do get a bit of uh, water there with steeplechase jump in a bit of water, a bit of splash, keeps you going. But, yeah, she managed to qualify. Uh, so the race is at 8.30 p.m. tomorrow night, so a little bit cooler. Uh, hopefully she can, I mean, push the other athletes at the very least, but you never know in the steeplechase. People can struggle with the hurdle or struggle with the uh, water, and, yeah, you just never know. She might be in with a chance. <laughs> it's a bit of a theme of tonight, I think, is you just <laughs> never know. And we are hoping that... Everyone and every team that we've mentioned so far can go all the way and find the podium. But I know I'm always optimistic about our chances and I was very optimistic (laughs) with my predictions. And they're actually very, very close, I think, to what I predicted. I think I said between 12 and 15 golds and obviously we're right up in that mark now. And with the the hockey and things like that, we could very well get there. Um, So it's been a fantastic Olympics for us so far, but we can only hope that we just get that little bit further. Maybe we're being greedy. I don't know. Maybe, but we've bettered Rio. We've, we've done better than, um, I think we've equaled Beijing today with our four gold medals today. So who knows what we can do uh, in the last week. We're over halfway. It's been a successful first half. I'm very much looking forward to particularly how these team sports go in yeah. the second week. Yeah, no, 100% right there with you. 
Um, but I think that is going to be all from us this week on the Ascending Olympus podcast. That is the innersanctum.com.au where you can, of course, find all our regular daily updates. We've got the recaps for the athletics, of course, daily. The live blog will be running from start to finish of the events. We'll have all the team sports recapped, of course. So stay tuned for that Matilda's recap. Opals as well tomorrow night. It's a huge night all around. Um, daily recap, of course, if you want to find out, you know, we might, you, the way we might make it out, it might seem like Australia is the only team at the Olympics, but there are other teams <laughs> competing too. So we've got that in the daily recap as well. Uh, of course, make sure you follow the podcast on the socials at Ascending Ollie Pod. That's where all the uh, Olympics news and things like that will come through there as well. If you're not already following the Inner Sanctum on Twitter at Inner Sanctum underscore AU on Facebook and Instagram as well. Of course, if you want to stay up to date across all the socials, make sure you do that. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Alex. It's been a great night and a very great day for Australia. Absolutely. We're signing off as one of the best days yet of the Olympics. Make sure you stay tuned for tomorrow's podcast as well and podcast every night until the end of the Olympics. And thank you for listening.